0: everybody, and welcome back to Jammin' Through History. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Grace. And today, what are we talking about, Grace? We are talking about the 1970s, because we're mm-hmm. continuing everything from last week, basically. Yay! I'm so excited to learn about the 1970s. I know absolutely nothing that happened in the 1970s. Um, a lot. A lot happened. But how are you doing, Alyssa? I'm bored. Um, I kind of wish I had my full wardrobe from Michigan because I have made it my life's goal now to just become a TikTok e-girl. Oh, no. But, like... All my clothes are in Michigan that could be counted for e girl clothes, so I'm gonna try to scrounge up some of the clothes around here and make a whole TikTok series about me becoming an e girl. Whoa. And uh, even if you even if you don't support me, Matt Shear told me that I needed to get on the F for you page now, so Oh no. (laughs) Well, I wish you luck in your endeavor in becoming a TikTok e girl. I mean, I've already started painting my nails dark colors. I might as well just accept that I am a TikTok e girl. Of course, because that's always the first step. I dye my hair. I paint my nails black. I wear black clothing. I like stripes. Like, perfect. Chains are cool. I am a TikTok e girl. Can you tell I've only been on TikTok for, like, weeks now? Yes. I mean, I feel like that's a good majority of us also. Can you believe there's only, like, three weeks left of school? Please don't remind me. (laughs) Huh? I I said, please don't remind me. (laughs) Hey, Grace. Yeah? There's three weeks left. Wow, thanks, Alyssa. I didn't know that. It's okay. I'm, like, ready to fail all of my classes. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different doing online. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Like, I think it would be different if we had teachers that actually taught online classes, but all of our teachers have only taught, like, in-person classes. Yeah, it's definitely a learning curve for everybody that is involved. Not to mention, like, all of my classes have group projects in them for some reason, and so now I'm, like, stuck trying to do a bunch of group projects with people who live 13 hours away from me, and I'm just like, yeah, this is cool. Social distancing group projects. There you go. You're setting an example for everybody else. (laughs) Legit. I can't go near anybody in my college. <laughs> I mean, you're also not near anybody. <laughs> How have you been, Grace? Did it snow? Uh, yeah, it was um snowing sideways today. As in today, as in like forty minutes ago, it was snowing side sideways. Sucks to be you. It is like. Seventy degrees. It's eighty degrees in my house, which means it's hot outside. And the most we have is a little bit of wind. And we had a storm earlier this morning, but it's been blue skies and sunny the rest of the day. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was like really nice the past couple of days in Michigan, and we were all like, "Oh yes, bring it." And then today we looked kind outside, of and we were all like, "It's not." Spring anymore <laughs> we've reverted back to winter. It always has to snow on Easter. It's fine. But Easter's not until Saturday. Or Sunday. Oh man. I was gonna say on um, Easter's <laughs> not on a Saturday grade. No it's um, not, but Easter weekend is. <laughs> it's okay, it's not like you guys were going anywhere anyway. Social distancing. Yeah. But are you ready to start, Alyssa? You know what? Let's just go. 1970s. Let's begin. All right. So, the 1970s in America was a very rough period. Again. Um, Again? (laughs) Well, in a lot of ways, the decade was kind of like a continuation of the 1960s. Um, Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) So, women, African Americans, Native Americans, um, and then people who are on the LGBTQ um, spectrum, and then also other marginalized people, um, they all continue to fight for equality. And many Americans continue to join the protest against the ongoing war in Vietnam. So, uh, in other ways, the decade was a continuation and also just kind of like a repeat of the 1960s. Um, There was a new right which mobilized in defense of political conservatism and traditional family roles. And the behavior of President Richard Nixon undermined many people's people's faith in like the intentions of the federal government because of the Watergate scandal, which we will be talking about. Yeah, I love Um, the Watergate scandal. (laughs) So by the end of the decade, these divisions and also disappointments had set a tone for public life that many would argue still are with us today. Because even today, there's people who still don't fully trust the federal government and question a lot of the things that happen on that level But what do you want to start with, with Alyssa? You know Uh, what? Yes. Do I have options? You do. You have seven options. I'm just going to pick. Oh. What were you going to say? I I was going to read them off, but if you just want to pick the number, that's fine. Okay, let's just pick a random number, and I pick number four. All right, so we're gonna start with the anti-war movement. The what-a? The anti-war movement. Sounds fun. I I I I go with that movement for the show, anyways. Yeah. So, even though very few people continue to support support uh war, President Nick, Nixon feared um that it, or cause, okay, so a lot of people didn't support war because I um we were still in like the Indochina region of Asia. Um but President Nixon feared that a retreat would make the US look weak. So as a result result, instead of ending the war, Nixon and his aides divide ways to make it more palatable is a good way to put it, uh such as limiting the draft and shifting the burden of combat onto South Vietnamese soldiers. And so the policy seemed to work at the beginning of Nixon's term in office. Um, but, however, when the United States invaded Cambodia, which is a whole nother story, they weren't supposed to do that, but they did it anyway. <laughs> um Hundreds of thousands of protesters clogged city streets and shut down college campuses again. On May 4th of 1970, National Guardsmen shot four student demonstrators at an anti-war rally at Kent State in Ohio in what um, can be known as the Kent State shooting. Ten days later, police officers killed two black student protesters at mississippi's jackson state university uh members of congress tried to limit the president's power by revoking the gulf of token resolution which um allowed him to like authorize the use of military forces uh, for, for this specifically in southeast asia but Nixon basically just like, ignored them when they were trying to. That. He, he was like, uh, "That I'm president doesn't concern me." Um, he sounds like him. such a great president. I know, right? Um, oh, I have to reload the page. Sorry, my page started freaking out. <laughs> um. Okay, yes. Uh even after uh New York Times published the Pentagon Papers, which was a part of the Watergate scandal, um, they called the government's justification for war into question. Um the bloody and inconclusive conflict continued in Vietnam and Cambodia now, and so American troops did not leave that region until nineteen seventy three. What the heck? Yes, yeah, so we were there for over 10 years. Why? Just why? Because we're the U.S., so we can't back out of war. All right, you have six topics to choose from now. Let's go number seven. All right, now we get to talk about the 1970s music. Yay! We're going to do a complete 180, 180 on topic. <laughs> Um, so, after the Watergate scandal, many people withdrew from politics altogether. They were just basically, like, I'm done with it. I'm not going to mess around with that anymore. So, this is when the interest in politics started to decline and why my teacher hates everybody right now. Yeah. Makes total sense. I'm assuming, yes. (laughs) Uh, But, so, um... Many people turned instead to pop culture, which was easy to do in such a trend trendy, uh, fad, happy decade. Um, they listened to eight track tapes, which is something that doesn't exist anymore. Um of Jackson Brown, Olivia Newton John, Down the Summer, and Marvin Gaye, Gay. Go Marvin Gaye. Uh, uh, Disco Rose, and with it, the sounds of ABBA, Abba the Bees, Gees, and Donna Summer, again. And so on the rock front, because rock was starting to become very popular, bands like the Rolling Stones, Van Halen, Pink Floyd, and Queen dominated the airways. You gotta love some Queen. I love Queen. Queen is great. Yes, shout out to Hillary, because she loves Queen a lot. (laughs) She needs a life. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, the 1970s saw a return of handicrafts, like latch hook rugs and macrame, while sports like racquetball and yoga gained popularity. Didn't know yoga was considered a sport. Okay. Okay. I mean it takes a lot of flexibility and balance and stamina to do yoga. It it does, but a lot like, of people
1: don't think to do
0: that. I don't consider it a sport, but I can kind of see it kind of Yeah. I think it's more like just a physical activity and not a sport. Yeah, I, like, consider it a recreation. It's really nice, though. Yoga is a good way to calm yourself down and stress yourself out at the same time. (laughs) That's a very good way to put it. (laughs) Uh, During this time, many people also started to experiment on, like, different fronts, including drugs, and um, other things. (laughs) But in general, by the end of the decade, many young people were used to using their hard-fought freedom to simply do as they pleased, to wear what they wanted, to grow their hair long, to have other things, or to do other things. Um, Their liberation, in other words, was intensely personal. Because... They wanted to use what they had fought for however they pleased, and they didn't really care what the government was going to do to them at the time. But yes, so that concludes the 1970s music and the trends that it set and everything. Okay. My mom mom was born in 1969, so she got to grow up during this time. My mom was born in 1973, so she got a little bit of it. (laughs) She probably doesn't remember much of it. Yeah, I don't think my mom remembers much of it either. Okay, new topic. But, yes, you have five topics left. One, two, three, five, and six. Let's go with one. All right. So we're going to talk about the conservative backlash now in the 1970s. Woo, sounds fun. Politics. Gotta love politics. It's not like that's all we're hearing about right now. I know, right? Um, But many Americans, particularly working class and middle class, um, sounds familiar, responded to the turbulence in the late 1960s. So, like, the urban riots, anti-war protests, the, like, alienating counterculture. Alienating as in, like, they are basically breaking themselves off of, like, what is the norm. Right. Um, by so they responded by embracing a new kind of conservative... conservative... Sorry, I don't know how I could pronounce that word for... Um... Conservative. they, They embraced it with a new kind of conservative populism. So they were sick of what they... Interpreted as spoiled hippies and whining protesters, uh, tired of an interfering government that, in their view, troubled poor people and African Americans at taxpayer expense, um, these individuals formed what political strategists call a silent majority. So the silent majority swept president richard nixon into office in 1968 and so almost immediately nixon began to dismantle the welfare state that had fostered such resentment he abolished many parts of lyndon b johnson's war on poverty as he could and he made a show of his resistance to mandatory school desegregation plans such as busing so Nixon wasn't that great of a guy. He sounds kind of like a horrible guy, yes. Yes. Um, on the other hand, some of Nixon's domestic policies seem remarkably remarkably liberal today. For instance, he proposed a family assistance plan that would have guaranteed every American family an income of 1600 a year about 10000 in today's money, and he urged Congress to pass a comprehes- comprehensive health insurance plan that would have guaranteed affordable health care to all Americans. So maybe that he wasn't nice. that bad. <laughs> he yeah. had some decent points, but <laughs> but most of them weren't. <laughs> yeah. He's not a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. Yes. Like, for record house, you aren't bad guy. <laughs> or, you are bad guy, but you aren't bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, in general, though, Nixon's policies favored the interest of the middle-class people who felt slighted by the Great Society of the 1960s. So, as the 1970s continued, some of these people helped shape a new political movement known as the New Right. So, this movement rooted in the suburban Sunbelt, which is like middle America, um, celebrated the free market and laminated the decline of traditional social values and roles. Um, New-right conservatives resented and resisted what they saw as government meddling. For example, they fought against high taxes, environmental regulations, Tideway, speed limits, national park policies in the West. So um, the so-called Sagebrush Rebellion that was happening, um, which they wanted, like, they wanted the national parks. And the affirmative action and school desegregation plans. So their anti-taxism emerged most notably in California in 1978 when the pro- proposition 13 re- referendum um which was a a primal scream by the people against big government said the new york times tried to limit the size of the government by restricting the amount of property tax that the state could collect from individual on- owners well okay then yes uh but that concludes the end of our conservative backlash section. <laughs> um, you have four more. Okay, and the numbers I haven't chosen are two, three, five, six, right? Yes. Let's go five. All right, we're getting to our hot topic today, which is the Watergate scandal. Whoa. Yeah. All right. So, the Watergate scandal. I'm sure most people have heard about this at least at some point in their life. My mom um, likes to bring it up a lot. <laughs> uh, as his term in office wore on, President Nixon grew increasingly paranoid and defensive. Though he won re-election by a landslide in 1972. He resented any challenge to his authority and reproved of attempts to discredit those who opposed him. In June 1972, police found five burglars from Nixon's own committee to re-elect the president in the office of the Democratic National Committee, located in the Watergate office building. Soon, they found that Nixon himself was involved in the crime. He had demanded that the Federal Bureau of of Investigation stop investigating the break-in and told his aides to cover up the scandal. In April of 1974, a congressional committee approved three articles of impeachment. So the articles were obstruction of justice, misuse of federal agencies, and defying the authority of Congress. But before before Congress could impeach him, however... President Nixon announced that he would resign. General Ford, or Gerald Ford, who is the only Michigan president ever to sit in the Oval Office, took over... Which is the whole airport named after him. Yeah. Uh, took over, and to the distaste, distaste of many Americans, um, pardoned Nixon right away. So... He was from Michigan, but I don't really agree with that. What did he do again? He pardoned Nixon. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, he, he basically pardoned him of all of his crimes that he had committed. Um, he, he must have gotten something out of that. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, he was also Nixon's vice president. True. True. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into um the uh scandal as well because Nixon did tell the FBI to like stop invest- investigating into it so they basically had to like undercover investigate it and at first like none of them really n- knew where to go and then um a news reporter actually was the one who found out about it because, like, it was obviously headlines that there, these people had broken into the Democratic National Committee office and were, like, try- looking through papers and everything, but, like, nobody knew what because none of the men had admitted to, like, working for Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, they knew that there was a connection, just nobody could prove it. But it wasn't until um, this, like, he was based, like, like a low-level journalist for, um, the Washington Post, had finally, like, connected the dots, and, um, he had a source that didn't want to be named because he didn't want, like, backlash from people or anything, and he didn't want his name out there. Um, he's the one who told him, about, like, the connection between Nixon and these people, and so the journalists had it published, and so, like, that's how it broke and everything, but it it wasn't until, like, years later that um, people found out that the secret source had actually been the head of the FBI at the time, because... They were ordered to not look into it, but he knew that, like, this was wrong. So he went to the news journalist because he knew that that way it would break out and it would basically force an investigation after that point. Well, isn't that a plot twist? Yeah. (laughs) Even though he was ordered not to, he still went and was like, this is a problem, this, like, needs to change and everything. You know what? I respect people who go against things for the greater good. Yes, that man. If he, if he didn't do that, like who knows where we would be today? Who knows what would have happened? Who knows? Like, yeah. Mhm. But that concludes Watergate scandal. Now you have three more left. Yes. Yeah. Let's go three. All right. So we get to talk about fighting for women's rights. Women's rights. Go, woman. Uh, during the 1970s, many groups of Americans continued to fight for expanded social and political rights. So in 1972, after years of campaigning by feminists, Congress approved the Equal Rights Amendment, which is the ERA, to the constitution, which reads equality of rights under the law shall not be denied. This is like literally what it says in the constitution, Um, shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. It seemed that the amendment would pass easily. Uh, 22 of the necessary 38 states ratified it right away and the remaining states seemed close behind. However, the ERA alarmed many conservative activists who feared that it would undermine traditional gender roles. Uh, These activists mobilized against the amendment and managed to defeat it. Um, In 1977, Indiana became the 35th and last state to ratify the ERA. Dis- disappointments like these encouraged many women's rights activists to turn away from politics. Uh, they began to build feminist communities and organizations of their own. So art galleries, bookstores, uh, consciousness-raising groups, daycare, and women's health collectives. So such as the Boston Women's Health Books Collective, which published Our Bodies, Our Souls in 1973, and also Rape, crisis centers, and abortion clinics. So, even though it didn't pass, it I mean, it obviously eventually passed. It just didn't pass in the 1970s like they had hoped. Man, that is so... I want to say stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, it definitely wasn't the best time for... A lot of people in America. Yeah, unless you were a white male. Yes. Yes. A white male who was middle class or up. Yep. But now we have two more topics for our show today. Uh, Six. All right. So... Let's talk about 1970s fashion. Yay. Uh, this is a short section, so it will not be long. And then we get to talk about the environment. Oh, yay. I love the environment. <laughs> I do. Um, so, 1970s fashion. Uh, novels like Jane Birkin and Jerry Hall, who famously dated Rolling Stone's front man, Mike J- Mick Jagger, uh, they were, like, the main basis for the 70s style. <laughs> 70s were very interesting when it came to close. Um, had a lot of bell-bottom pants, flowing maxi dresses, ponchos, and frayed jeans. Oh, but dominated kind of yeah, and they're all coming back right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> tie-dye inspired or tie-dye inspired by the 1960s hippie style continued to be worn, except more mainstream. Uh, while patchwork and plaid fabrics gained popularity in 1974, <laughs> in 1974, Diane Von Furstenberg debuted her famous wrap dress, embodying the modern working, working woman's desire for both comfort and style. Okay. So, yeah. But it's, it's a very interesting time. There was a lot of mixes um, and it's like depending on what part of like citing the culture you were in very much dictated what you were wearing at the time. So a lot of, like, the countercultures were, like, maxi dresses or, like, the ripped jeans and the plaid and stuff, depending on which part you belonged to. A lot of the mainstream, though, was, like, the bell bottoms and different things like that. I mean, yeah, it's just, like, now, you know, look at TikTok (laughs) especially. Like, there's different groups of people wearing different things because that's their culture or whatever. Yeah. It's the internet culture. Which is a scary thought. Oh, yeah, that that is a very scary thought, now that you put it that way. The internet culture. We get the e-girls and the e-boys. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But now we will move on to our last topic for the night, which is the environmental movement. Yay, environment. Yes. This is also another... What? I was going to say shout-out to Professor Kavlowski, the female one, for teaching us environment. (laughs) Yes. She was amazing, and I'm... When it's not snowing out, I'm going to hang up my bee nest because I still have that. And I've been waiting so patiently until it was finally time to hang them up. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) But in some ways, though, 1960s liberalism continued to flourish in the 1970s. Um, For example, the Crusades protect the environment from all sorts of assaults which was like the toxic industrial waste in places like Love Canal, New York, which we learned about in in environmental science. And it's actually a very sad and interesting story to read about. Uh, Dangerous meltdowns at nuclear power plants, such as the one at Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania. Highways through city neighborhoods. Um, All this really took off during the 1970s. Americans celebrated the first Earth Day in 1970, and Congress passed the National Environmental Policy Act that same year. Uh, The Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act followed two years later, and the oil crisis in the late 1970s drew further attention to the issue of conservation. By then, environmentalism was so mainstream that the U.S. Forest Service Forest Service's Woodsy Owl interrupted Saturday morning cartoons to remind kids to give a hoot, don't pollute. That is the best catchphrase ever. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Give a hoot, don't pollute. I'm just going to say that to people now. Yes. Especially ones who are polluting. But it's okay with... Yes. It's okay with the coronavirus happening. There's not a lot of pollution going on. There isn't. And the Earth is actually healing itself right now while we are all in lockdown. It makes you wonder. I know. I know. So many conspiracy theories. It also makes you wonder what's going to happen after all this is done. really does. But, yeah, no, environment. woo 1970s. But, yes, that concludes the 1970s for this week. And next week we'll be talking about the 1980s. So Woo! This, these, these are very interesting decades. <laughs> There's a lot in them. I'm excited now to learn about the 1980s. Woo. But yeah, okay. So 1970s, we got to talk about Richard Nixon, The Watergate politics, women's rights, environment, much, much more, environment. fashion, music. A lot of yeah. that fashion's coming back. Be prepared to be scared by bell-bottom jeans again. Um, I own a pair of pink bell-bottom pants and I'm going to be honest, they're very comfy. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> You guys might hear me next week. Uh, We'll see if I'm still going to be talking to Grace by then. Um, (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) I love you,
1: but I do not
0: love bell-bottom jeans. Okay, but they don't look like bell-bottom jeans. They look like dress pants. They just aren't skinny the entire way down, so I can wear heels with them. Okay. Uh, You're not helping your case. Uh, (laughs) I think I am. And I think that's going to wrap up this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really nice hanging out with you guys again. Uh, This is Jamming Through History. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Grace. And we're signing off. See you next week. Bye. Bye.